Welcome to another episode of Downton Gabby, Life After Downton, except today we're going back to Downton and we're so excited. The film is going to start production in September at Highclere Castle and we thought why not devote a podcast talking about uh, the film and our fondest hopes and dreams and wishes and our greatest dreads for what it might be about. I'm Teresa in Brooklyn. I'm Brandy in Los Angeles. And I'm Shannon in Oakland with my tea and biscuits ready to go. This feels soon. Like, I'm excited. I'm so excited. But it's really only been two and a half years since this show ended. So when we did our finale podcast, we talked about ideas for like 10 or 15 years out, you know, to follow the current trend of reboots for stuff like the x-files and deadwood and whatnot so i'm i have fewer ideas thinking this soon afterwards yeah do you think it's gonna be like game of thrones where this the cast doesn't even get their scripts because they're so worried about this stuff being leaked out given the level of fandom uh just on this podcast alone i think that um (laughs) I think that it's probably pretty pretty tightly locked down, is my guess. Well, I I mean, I already hacked into Michelle Dockery's email, and there was nothing there. So, <laughs> Julian probably typed it out on a golden typewriter and sent it via carrier pigeon. Yeah, and it has a wax seal that they have to break just to read the script. <laughs> I feel like we're going to see headlines like, uh, set photos leaked, Mary in pants. We're going to have a year of this, I'm guessing. A year of like very carefully leaked photos leaked by the production company to show some little corner of a wedding veil or something, which will drive everyone crazy with speculation about who's getting married. Who's dying. There's not many people left to be married. I hope Marigold's not like a child bride. <laughs> God, I mean, who's left? I guess the servants, but like... Yeah, they married off all the young women, including Rose and... Like, who's left for a good marriage plot? Daisy? That's it. Or will they, like, find some cousin of somebody and and bring her in? She's got bandages on her face, but she's still a a marriageable prospect. Well, let's let's talk about some, um, some of the scenarios we discussed in our finale episode, which were, like, jumping ahead a considerable amount of years, right? We talked about the focus being more on like a sequel series where the kids were grown up and how you could deal with, you know, World War II from the uh, perspective of the kids and post-World War II as well, Um, which I thought would be interesting, you know, Marigold and George and all of that. But at this point, it's like, if they tried to do something like that, the age makeup would be an issue, right? I mean, the show already spanned more than 12 years in character time over only like five and a half years of filming time. So, you know, we're supposed to believe that Michelle Dockery is like, you know, getting to unmarriageable age while she's still perfectly lineless and gorgeous (laughs) in the final season. So I would hope that they would stick to only a couple years later and that they would do something a little more contained because I don't think it's going to be that satisfying if it's just checking in on each of the characters for like five minutes, you know? I think there's going to be a major event at the center. So you guys actually know a little bit more about what actors have signed on or not signed on to the movie. So why don't you guys share what you know at the inside scoop from Lady Mary's emails that you read, Brandy? Well, Lady Mary's emails, a.k.a. People Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Same difference. Saying that 
Lily James is not participating, so this will not unfortunately be a trip to America for everyone, which of course would have been one of my votes for a potential plot. You know, everyone goes to a dude ranch or something like that. Oh yeah, you've been wanting that for years. <laughs> yeah, the old dude ranch storyline, yeah. Dream about it every night. Uh, so that narrows things down a little bit, right? And one presumes then that it won't be around, say, the Dowager Countess's funeral or basically anything where Rose would be there, right? Right, unless she's, like, about to have a baby and then she can't sail. Uh, isn't that, isn't, hasn't that already been used once? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely use it again. Well, the other character who's not coming back, and this is really just gutting me completely, is Spratt. Spratt is not coming back. I don't know if I'm going to go see this movie then. What's the point? I don't know. Well, I see the movie if Spratt's not going to be in it. And he also wishes people would stop talking about it already, that he's not in it. He was apparently in a first draft, and then he got cut out. Oh, no. But here's the thing. If Spratt isn't in it, and we know that this is the Dowager Countess's butler, what does that mean for, for her? Like, we know Maggie Smith is coming back, but to what extent is she coming back? Yeah, because she wasn't too keen on the whole thing, was she? So it's a, it's kind of a question mark, um, but whether she'll be there or she'll be there like a spirit, you know, dispensing advice to only those few who can see her. You know how they should bring Spratt back, is that it should just be Cassandra Jones' narration the whole time? It's like she's the new Gossip Girl. Yes, exactly, like Gossip Girl, where she's like, I wouldn't have done that, dearies. Every time someone does something stupid. Well, you know what I thought it was going to be the central event was Robert having a heart attack and either dying or be close to dying. Can he really get away with killing the Dowager? I don't think so. I think it would be too upsetting. But I think Robert, maybe. Let's think about what what kind of plots does Julian love? Julian loves money problems. Mm -hmm. So he loves like near bankruptcies or ruins. Rogue letters. Rogue letters that nobody wants to open for reasons that nobody understands, but we're just not going to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm hoping that he will go back to his Gosford Park days. And really, I just want a murder mystery. I mean, let's just go full tilt. And it doesn't have to be one of the regular characters that was the victim. It could be like some big affair, a Christmas party, something like that. And a guest goes you know, gets shoved down the stairs, but who did it or whatever. Like, that would really be the ultimate for me. And who's going to be the lead detective, Edith? <laughs> I mean, there could be a dashing new detective. Perhaps Tom has brought a lady detective because he continues oh, to just, like, detective. push the envelope <laughs> with the various ladies that he's hanging out with. Maybe it's a member of the royal family who's, who's visiting them for the weekend for their hunt, like Mr. Pamuk you know, sort of gets killed under mysterious circumstances. Maybe it is Mr. Pamuk. Risen from the dead. Or his twin brother comes to avenge him after all these years. Please. That would be great. Coming to avenge his murder by sex. Murder by sex. Yes. Pussy murder. See, I think that's a really great idea. But you know who I'd really like to see murdered? I like, there's like five people that you could say right now. Let me start. I'm just going to start. Mmm. Mr. Bates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then everyone would be too sad. Like, I feel like it has to be a random side character, right? Because even though we hate Bates... He's already reached sainthood. What if it's Jane the maid 
and she's back with revenge on her mind. All the maids that have been wronged by Downton have a plot, and it's like John Tucker must die, but it's Lord Grantham must die. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a motive. All the secrets. All of this is genius. I really hope that Julian has time for a quick rewrite before <laughs> filming starts. I just can't stop laughing thinking about when you're talking about aging makeup is like obviously the actress who plays Cora has done some work to look younger so it'd be really funny if then they put the aging makeup over it and it's like she's just stuck between ages. <laughs> she's just in that like uncanny valley of age. Well you know speaking of age I did have some thoughts of like how much fun it would be to do like flash forwards or flashbacks. It doesn't really work with the murder mystery unless... There are things that have happened in the past that they've never talked about. They never did settle the Edith is really Rosamond's daughter storyline. Not to our satisfaction. Not to least. our satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> because it didn't go the way we wanted. I mean, Cora said something or other at some point about like carrying her in her body. I think like some line where I was like, hmm, I don't know if you're remembering that correctly, Cora, because clearly that's not how it went down. But like imagine if there were flashbacks of how Robert and Cora met. Or flashbacks of Violet with her Russian prince. I mean, that's, I think, I think we all would love a prequel or a, like, next generation sequel. I mean, it does feel a little like, yeah, I'd rather that than just a couple years later. When they do their third Downton Abbey movie, it'll be the prequel or sequel. But I think for this one, it's going to be the murder mystery. You know what else would be great? They just go full, like, the new Star Trek movies, and it's like a different timeline in the same Downton world, and Matthew's Ooh. still alive. <gasps> what? Yes. They go through a wormhole or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, Sybil and Matthew are both still alive. Yes. Mary is just like a stay-at-home heiress. Is that different than what she's going to be now? <laughs> well, she's running the estate. It's basically hers. Matthew died so Mary could have a better storyline as far as I'm concerned. You're right. I mean, she would have let him just run the estate and she wouldn't have run it. And she would have been very bored. Or they could go full alternate timeline and just like, what would have happened if the Titanic never sank? She marries Patrick, but then she finally meets Matthew at some extended family event or whatever, and they fall in love when she's already <gasps> married to Patrick. Brandy, why are you not writing this script? I know. Seriously. Seriously, they just... I mean, I really just need to take up the fan fiction again is what I need to do. <laughs> I just really hope they don't make Edith a widow. I just... I, I am nervous that they're going to, like, bring tragedy back in her life because it ended so happily. No, if they kill Birdie, it's done. Like, I'll be so pissed at this point. I will walk out of the theater. I'm going to set the theater on fire. I'm going to set Julian's house on fire. No, I really want her to be happy. I, like, envision her running a hospital, you know, because, like, rich people, like, endow hospitals. and I But I could see her, like, she has to step in and run it. You know, and she'd be really good at that. What's happened to the magazine then? What has happened to the magazine? I feel like she's probably mentored some woman to come in and help run it, but she's going to be really busy with, you know, that whole world that she's in. I mean, it'd be hard to be, you know, the on-site supervisor, but I'm sure she's hired a really whip-smart woman. Oh my God. You know, I think if anyone dies, it should be the doctor. <laughs> right. Because he misdiagnoses himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. He dies from heartbreak because not a single woman 
in the entire county is interested in dating him. It is really sad. But, um, (laughs) not that sad. I think if (laughs) if he died, it would be kind of fun, because he's, like, an important enough character, but not that important. Right. And there would be, like, some, you know, He's also, like, he's enough in the middle of the, like, class structure that you could believe that, like, everybody would want to go to his funeral. And everyone would want to kill him because of all the misdiagnosis. There has to be some big party in the movie. So if there's no new weddings, it's got to be a funeral or it's like Robert and Cora's whatever anniversary party. Oh, that's not a bad idea. ruby wedding. Then we could maybe see her family from America come as well because that'd be fun. My other fondest wish is the show sort of jumps sort of towards and into the 30s. And it's the rise of the British fascist party. I think somebody from the family or downstairs is going to become a fascist and a follower of Oswald Mosley, who is the leader of the UK fascists. And I want him to be Mr. Mosley's brother. Well, who's going to actually, like, become a Nazi, though? That's a depressing thought, especially in today's day and age. I know. I think it's Rosamond. I think it's Aunt Rosamond. Oh, no! She's she's dating Oswald Mosley, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Another bad romantic choice for Aunt Rosamond. I'm just shaking my head. (laughs) You can't see how much she's just shaking her head. I mean, Therese, don't bring fascism into my Downton Abbey movie. I want gowns, I want tiaras, sparkling headbands, cocktails, you know, in a minor drama. I don't, I don't want fascism. What if part of the reveal was that What's-His-Face was never killed by the brown coats, Marigold's father, and he's still alive? <gasps> oh my god! That, now that's good. That's a real drama for Edith. I like that drama. See, Brandy, I'm telling you, you should be writing these things. I got a million pitches, guys. <laughs> They've never found his body. He comes back from the dead. But come on, Bertie. He's so much better. Yeah, I think she would choose him in the end, for sure. Especially if dude, like, faked his death and abandoned her. But if he was back trying to get his daughter after all these years and, like, whatever shit has gone down. Drama. And that could be the kind of thing that would really bring Mary and Edith together more. Like, having to defend her sister in such a weird situation. That sounds like the Lifetime movie version of the Downton Abbey movie, though. Okay, well, I like Lifetime movies, so... He was never dead. He comes back for his long-lost daughter. Great. Well, if a Lifetime executive is listening, I'd love to write for you guys as well. Uh, Yeah, you would be amazing at it. There you go. That's Brandy Sperry. Please hire her. There's going to be some problematic class themes. It is Julian, after all. Right? And there's going to be some ridiculous shit that Daisy does, for sure. Do you think Daisy's with Andy? Andy's the one who become a Nazi, because she's not going to tolerate that sort of thing. But I'd, I'd really rather see her in university or, you know, running for office against Cora. I don't want to see her, like, settled into her father's farm. That's kind of what they set up for her, though. Yeah. I do think that the way that they sort of shied away from her schooling and all of that was disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. Okay, what about Carson? So when we last left Carson, oh God. he was in the early stages of a horrible debilitating disease. Right, but I mean, it's not like he's going to be on death's door. He just can't pour wine without spilling it anymore. I'm thinking like he's going to be in a wheelchair or something. I'm sure he'll still be saying sexist things. I don't know. I'm not a big Carson fan, so... I mean, I'm hoping Mrs. Hughes is divorced. You're not? She deserves better. What about Thomas? <laughs> Let's talk about 
how he needs a boyfriend. Let's just put that back out into the universe. A fresh request for hashtag boyfriend for Barrow. I want someone who's going to be like actually enthusiastic about him, you know? I don't want someone who's just going to be like, you know, another unrequited crush or something like that. But it's going to be tragic because Julian's writing it. Ugh. If Anna and Bates can be happy after all this time, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe their child will have polio or something like that. That will be <sighs> Julian-esque. Well, didn't they name their child Tom Riddle? So we know how that's going to turn out. <laughs> That's a real tragedy. I think I said my best joke yet. I've peaked. So on that note, uh, I think we're just going to say that we're very excited for this film. And we're really looking forward to whatever information could possibly leak out. Or if Shannon successfully hacks into Laura Carmichael's email, Mm -hmm. we'll keep you posted with all the updates. But in the meantime, there are some other things that we are really looking forward to. Well, some exciting news coming out of Killing Eve. You know, we all love that show. And actually, the lead writer is stepping down. And Patsy from Call the Midwife, that actress, is actually also a writer. And she is going to be the showrunner for Killing Eve. I only know her as Patsy, but her real name was Emerald Fresnel. This sounds like a character from the Harry Potter book, but yes, that is her real name. And she's going to be the showrunner. This is one of the only acceptable reasons for her to have left Call the Midwife. It's good, because you've been pretty bitter about her leaving that show, so I'm glad. Well, and I also like the idea that like Phoebe Waller-Bridge is kind of like building an empire, because that's why. Like, it's not like she got fired from her show or anything. She's still the executive producer. She's just not going to do the day-to-day running of it, because she's got so many other projects that are like going now that Killing Eve is such a big hit. And... You know, male producers get to do that kind of shit all the time. You got your Greg Berlantis and everything else. And there's only a few women who have, like, multiple shows on the air at once. So I just, I love the idea of her, like, starting her little weird mini empire. And it's actually very notable that it's at Amazon, BBC, and now HBO. She's working on an HBO show. So that's also really rare to be at, you know, three heavyweight networks. And what's her new show that she's working on? It's called Run, and it's for HBO, and I think it's about, like, two people who are former lovers who are, like, on the run or something like that. Great. I'm in. I was at the movie theater last night, and, like, these three, maybe, like, 70-something-year-old women were coming out of something, and they were talking about Killing Eve. Like, one of the two of them were trying to get another of their friends to watch it. Hillary Clinton, you may remember her from the 2016 elections, is going to be executive producing a show called The Women's Hour, The Great Fight to Win the Vote. That's the book that it's based on. And Amblin is going to turn it into either a TV movie or a series. Amblin is Steven Spielberg's uh, company. It sounds like it's really early days, but um, The Women's Hour is about the women who fought for American women's right to vote. Do you think it's like a flashback and a flash forward because we're going to have to fight for them again? Or I don't know. This actually, uh, this takes place in six weeks in the summer of 1920. So that's just before, I guess, the 19th Amendment was passed. So Well, that sounds great. There's some irony in, in Hillary Clinton executive producing it, but this is cool. And it's interesting because the Obamas are also doing some film or TV development. Yeah, they have a Netflix deal. Well, you know what I was really excited to hear about is Octavia Spencer's new uh, Netflix series. That's a limited series based off of the life of Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first black female millionaire when she invented a line of hair care products like 
back around the turn of the century, early 1920s. If you want to get super nerdy, there's a great strategy game called Tesla versus Edison. And when they did an expansion pack, they added Madam C.J. Walker as a character that you can play. So it's all about inventors and um, kind of entrepreneurs of the turn of the century. And so they added her um, as a character you can play. It's pretty fun. I just, it's been ridiculous that Octavia Spencer's like one of the greatest actresses working today and she has had almost no lead roles, really. I've, I've honestly gotten enraged because she's such an incredible actress and I hope this is her time to really get to shine because it's long overdue. Yeah, I really hope that they do right by her with this because it's a fantastic idea for a show. It is, and she's one of the producers, along with LeBron James, among others. LeBron is just like, he is spending his money on really cool projects, right? And it's also, it's directed by Cassie Lemon, so it's a really great lineup, and she's got creative control on this as a producer, so that's great. That makes me pretty happy. The other show that we're really excited about, uh, Kevin Kwan, who wrote uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which we can't wait to go see in a couple weeks, um, just signed a deal with Amazon that he's going to be making a a jet-setting drama about a rich Hong Kong family. And it's like, I don't need any more words. Done. Great. Sign me up. When's it coming out? Yeah, I was really excited to see that. And I was thinking, you know, there is, like, you know, a lot of media out there about super rich people, which can be problematic. But, like, give me all the other countries' super rich people, right? Like, those class dramas that we haven't gotten to see. I think... I love that he's going to keep going down that road and show us these like decadent narratives and maybe we'll get a little upstairs downstairs as well in other places besides England. Well, I hope Amazon throws enough money at it that it's going to be a really good production budget as the movie looks totally opulent, which looks amazing. But it'll be really fun then if Tom and Lorenzo write about the show and dissect the fashion because, I mean... Kevin Kwan is their guy. I mean, there are so many labels mentioned. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means, but sure. Those shoes are great. Yeah, the movie looks amazing, so I really hope. I mean, that's the thing. Amazon's quality seems to be all over the place, so I just hope they're going to put enough money behind a show that it's really um, you know, going to be at the high-level production value it needs to be. Hopefully they didn't blow their whole budget on this fucking Lord of the Rings reboot or whatever that they're doing. That nobody wants. Um, the other one that I wanted to mention, which is, I believe, a movie, not a series, but that we had talked on um, our last podcast, I believe, about how we wished that there would be something about the underground abortion network Jane. And Michelle Williams, who we love, is actually doing that movie with Kimberly Pierce directing, I believe for Amazon as well. So, you know, I'll make fun of them, but they're also doing some cool stuff. Well, I want to talk about a great new show I discovered. It's called The Americans. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Tell us more. I've never heard of it. (laughs) So I just have to say that after being harangued for I don't know how many years by both Shannon and Brandy, I got really sick a few weeks ago, which gave me the chance to binge watch The Americans for the very, very first time. I am now in the middle of season five. I have not gotten a single spoiler about this show. I mean, that is incredible. That's a miracle on my end, because I accidentally <laughs> do that all the time. Yeah, so, I can't wow. believe you're even bringing this up with Shannon before you finish. You should have finished the whole show before you told her this. Yeah, seriously. Oh, did you? Oh, no. Okay, great. No, you didn't get to that part yet? No. <laughs> 
so I'm going to be done soon. <laughs> as quickly as possible. Listeners, please do not at me with spoilers. I appreciate that. Thank you. I just feel really bad that we never said this to you about The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. You harangued us and we just never, we never, mm-hmm. it was too many episodes. But thank you for joining the Americans bandwagon. Um, we're, we're happy to have you. Can I start watching The Good Fight without having seen The Good Wife? Yeah, I mean, if you have the time to watch The Good Fight, may I suggest another show called The Good Wife to watch instead? <laughs> but The Good Fight only has like, uh, I don't know, like 15 episodes or something. That you could watch a random episode of The Good Wife, just like watch it. Just close your eyes and pick one. And that's where I first saw Matthew Good, I believe. Mr. Yum Yum. Bringing it back around. Well, I can't wait to see him on the big screen. I hope he's not wearing a shirt. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Downton Gabby, Life After Downton and Before the Downton Movie. You can find us on Facebook at Downton Gabby, on Twitter at Downton Gabby, and on Tumblr at DowntonGabby.tumblr.com. And on Apple Podcasts, of course, at Downton Gabby. Thank you so much, and we will see you next month. Bye.